Welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. Brought to you by Blue Sky Business Consulting. We discuss five questions in about 15 minutes. Hello again, everyone. Very excited to have you joining us again for another episode of the Team Engagement Podcast. I'm excited to introduce our guest for this week. This is Beric Berenson, and he is the founder of Replay, located here in Utah, specifically in Provo, Utah. Beric, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. What would you like the audience to know about Replay? Thank you, Sean. Um, yeah, so Replay is a, is a startup that I co-founded with a couple friends of mine, and we're an early stage startup that is producing an AI customer that salesmen can practice selling to and train their salesman skills, basically. I love that concept. I just think it's awesome. So I'm sure you guys are going to knock it out of the park. So I'm Thank excited you. for you. That's awesome. All right. Well, Beric, let's get started with our questions. Now, you guys are obviously early stage. You just mentioned that. But even in the short time, I'm sure there's been a, a couple of challenges that have come up that you've had to overcome. Is there a couple of them that you're especially proud of that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah. So uh, one thing that we ran into pretty quickly is we needed a lot of technical stuff to be built. And I have a technical background, but um, we had all these features that we wanted to tack on outside of just this AI customer, right? And so one of the big things that we had to do was scale up our operation pretty quickly for a short amount of time and then scale it back down um, in terms of team members, right? And so at one point we were, um, we went from two to seven and about half of those were engineers, right? Including myself, but um, you know, getting people ramped up and ramped down is hard, especially in like a tech space, um, people that need to get used to the code base so that they can start contributing. But I think that um, initially after a couple of hiccups, we were ready to go. We had everything like a well-oiled machine. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Great comment. You know, you mentioned something that's, that is unique and that is that need to ramp up and then kind of ramp it back down just a little bit. So that's an interesting twist. But I'm glad you guys figured that out. And now have, as you describe it, the well-oiled machine. So that's great. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. Question number two. Barrick, how can leaders help to kind of instill a culture of creativity within the team or the company? Yeah, I, I think we'll touch on this a little bit later, too. But I think... For fostering that creativity, it really is all about trust, 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 trust. And um, especially in the engineering side of things, there are lots of problems, but there's never a certain way to tackle a problem. And as soon as you take somebody and you box them in, you turn them into what I call a code monkey, but they can only work in a certain constrained area. They can't explore solutions and options that they do. When you trust them to make the right decisions, that's when they make the best decisions, I think. And they're most creative in their solutions and they they push the boundaries and they push the limits, which I, I really love to see in, in an organization. Oh, I think that's great. By the way, have you coined that term, tra uh, code monkey, I should say? That, that's <laughs> Maybe I should. I feel like a code monkey a lot of the time too, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a coder myself, so I'm afraid I'm a little more ignorant in that area, but uh, I love the term, so I think you ought to hold on to it there. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's great. Well, let's kind of continue then with our, our third question is very similar to what you just talked about. It's how leaders can build trust between the uh, team members. So continue that thought that you were talking about with trust. How do you how do you do that within the in a, in a team? Yeah, I think I think when a 
leader needs to make sure that not only they have trust between them and their uh, subordinates, maybe, but they all everybody has trust within themselves. You need to be able to establish this culture of um, believing that other people around you can do more than they think they can do. And then on top of that, making sure that they know that you think them of that. So kind of a quick example I have is like, you know, we had a guy, um, you know, he was fairly new, an intern, and he didn't know a lot of the things that we wanted to ask him for, right, or ask him to do. But believing in him and that he could learn those things, and he had this, like, agreement, he had this expectation that he could do it because we expected him to do it. That makes sense. It might, it gets a little metaphysical, I think, right? But when you, when you allow somebody to uh, believe in themselves more than they, they previously thought, then people can start to trust each other. Okay, I can trust this guy to go above and beyond what he did. And in turn, he believes that I expect above and beyond from him as well. I really like that response. I like that answer. I like that concept. And something that you said that I think was just a little gold nugget right in there was not just you believing in them and and that trust element, but helping them to know that because that's the piece that leaders often overlook is, well, yeah, I trust my team and I try, and I know they trust each other, but how do you know that? And how do you communicate that? So I love that you brought that up. I think that was an outstanding comment. All right. Well, question number four, <clears throat> excuse me. Is there a uh, maybe a perceived failure that you've had recently that you turned into a win? Yeah, I think actually like our whole like company is actually built on an initial failure, <laughs> which is really, really interesting. And those that have explored entrepreneurship probably have a similar experience. Right. Um, but we my co-founder, his name is Chase Meredith. Um, him and I, we we built out a demo um, for a different kind of product that trains, uh, not not really trains salesmen, but analyzes salesmen, right? And we built out this demo. We went up to these guys. Um, we went to like Vivint and some other places to ask them what they thought, and they were all like, "This is this is dumb. Like <laughs> we don't we don't need something like this. It's it's almost too late." we're not going to give you the data that you need to like do this without you giving us something in advance. And it was, a, it was very much back to square one. And, um, but that realization that, you know, we were doing too little too late for kind of a sales approach um, led us to believe that we should focus on the training side of things. And we had this big shift from solving the problem of not like as a salesman, not knowing how you're performing like with immediate feedback, we transitioned it to let's train the salesman. Let's focus on conversational intelligence. How can we make ourselves speak better and communicate with each other in a more effective way in like a sales scenario, right? And with that, we were able to overcome this kind of data hurdle or this trust hurdle that the company needed to really get kickstarted. That's a great story. Great example, because I'll bet that was a, uh kind of a, a little um, old shot to the gut, shall we say, a little, uh, not really a sucker punch, but uh, I'll bet that stung just a little bit to hear that and uh, to put time and effort and presumably money and all of those kinds of things into it and have them go, nah, this is dumb. That would be hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but it, it's it's a good thing because you know a lot of people will lie to you and say oh well that's that's good but they will never pull out the credit card to to actually pay you for it right right but yeah. um that kind of brutal blow was to get us you know pushed into the right direction yeah and now we're now look where we are i think that's fantastic so yeah way to way to stay with it that uh, emotional resilience as i like to call <laughs> it you didn't let that get you down so that's awesome. All right. Well, Barricker, last question. Tell us a little bit about your first job. Yeah. My first job was at a Arby's in a kind of rundown place of town in, in uh, middle Arizona. Um, <laughs> and I think that's where I really learned how to, uh, how the importance of trust between a leader and like their, uh, their followers really are. Um, yeah. I had a, I had an abusive manager, right. And I was like, out of there. <laughs> <laughs> you you learned uh, what you didn't want to be. Is that it? <laughs> That's exactly right. It was uh, learning through a negative example, for sure. Well, and that that happens a lot. I've, I've uh, talked to a lot of folks on this podcast. And uh, one thing about that first job, and part of the reason why I love asking that question, is it tells them either what they want to be or definitely what they don't want to be as they're going through their, their early formative years there. So anyway, Absolutely. well, Barrick, thank you so much for taking time to be on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. How can people find you? Yeah. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, just Barrick Berenson or, uh, check out our website, which is get replay.sale. Dot sale singular. Is that correct? That's right. All right. Very good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Barrick. Really appreciate it. And thanks, everybody, for joining us today. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, go to teamengagementpodcast.com. We also invite you to follow or subscribe to our podcast wherever you may be listening or watching. Is your business thriving? Go to tbs-score.com to find out. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great day.